Oh, we didn't even say this is a spoiler. <laughs> so, spoiler alert. I guess we should have led with that, y'all. Sorry. Because <laughs> we're literally giving all of the tea of the show. Hey, y'all. Welcome to another episode of Rants and Revelations. I am your co host, Dana, AKA It's Dana B. And I'm Michelle at Marley Michelle. And we are back with a new episode. It kind of feels like it's been some time. Because it has been some time. (laughs) (laughs) It has. I was thinking that. Um, And I feel like we have so much to talk about, especially around this whole quarantining, social distancing, coronavirus craze. Yes. Oh, my gosh. What a mess. But yeah, we're going to have to get into that (laughs) because that has just been wow. So uh, what we decided to do this time around is instead of doing individual strawberries and lemons, we'll pick a hot topic and then we'll discuss the strawberries and lemons for that topic. This time around is to discuss the Savage Remix. I just got so excited. I don't even know why. (laughs) It's a nice song. It's like that. I feel like that song just like gives you a good, like puts you in a good mood. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. I do like the song. But, okay, so backtrack a little bit. Uh, Due to quarantine, I now have a Twitter account. Hmm. Uh Um, So life definitely has changed. I actually used to have one. Then I deleted it in 2016 once I graduated because I felt if I was going to be a professional, it would be horrible to lose my job over something that I tweeted. And, you know, Twitter can go all the way back and drag you. So I didn't want to be a part of that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So um, crazy things happen when you can't interact with people physically. So that led me back to Twitter. Uh And it's been wonderful, even though there is a dark side to Twitter. People are just mean. I'm like, Lord, please don't let it be me one day because I don't want to be dragged ever. Yeah, no, they're rough on Twitter. They're rough. (laughs) I'm feeling bad. I'm feeling bad. But anyway, I shared all of that to say that I do like the song. I do think it's a feel-good song. So all of those are strawberries. But I'm not as hyped as everyone else. Really? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a good song. I think it's great. Another strawberry is the fact that, like, it's Meg Thee Stallion and Beyonce, two poppin' black women who are really doing their things in different ways in the music industry. Of course, Beyonce's more advanced because she has career longevity uh, than Meg Thee Stallion. I think like her style is different, of course. So that adds to all of it. So all of that is great to see them come together in this way. They're both from Houston, but I'm just not as pressed. I kind of felt bad because I'm like, I feel like I should be a lot more pressed about it. And I'm not, I'm just like, oh, it's a nice song. Great. Hmm. I wonder if it's quarantine. I don't know. Because I feel like if you were to hear this song, like when you're out, especially like if you're out with your girls, you're brunching, whatever, and you like hear this song, I feel like this is a song that like you definitely like feel yourself with it. That's what I I would say like for me, like as a strawberry, like although like because of quarantine, I feel like I personally have not been looking my best. (laughs) Same, same. So, (laughs) um, and I'm sure you know, some of you may be able to relate to that. I'm not going to say all of you, some of you, because some of y'all may still definitely be popping. But um, as for me and my household, I have not been. (laughs) So I feel like for me, that song really made me feel like, oh my gosh, like I just want to like get cute, get ready, look good. Like uh, that's the kind of vibe that I feel like I get from the song. So that's why I, that's why I like thoroughly enjoyed it was because of that. And I also liked um, Beyonce rapping. I really like that. Mm, yeah, I, I totally feel you. I think this would have been a great song to have had when we did our trip to Vegas. Oh, my. Come on. Like, it would have been great. Come on. That would have been, man. Good times. Good times. Good times, man. <laughs> so I do agree with you on that front. I do think that it is definitely a feel good song. You said that. You liked her rapping. Yeah, her rapping was cool. I like when she raps, but it always reminds me how like deep and sultry her voice is. I'm like, wow. Yes. It is, yes, for sure. Like I like the like I like the balance between like be like singing Beyonce, like, 
your love is like XO and then like the lemonade more like, you know, in your face, like swag Beyonce. Bring the alarm Beyonce. I love the swagger Beyonce. I love it. Yeah. Like yeah. she'll be feeling her like as you should, sis, you're Beyonce. Exactly. If exactly. I'm feeling myself, then Beyonce should definitely be feeling herself. Definitely feel herself. <laughs> I agree. And I also like really like it because sometimes I forget how deep her voice is. And as uh-huh. a woman who also has a deep voice, it's like, I don't know, kind of like, okay, pat on the back. I'm not the only one out here. Who told you you had a who told you that you had a like super deep voice? You like diagnosed yourself or people told you that? I've diagnosed it and people have told me like I have a super raspy voice. Raspy. Um, Is raspy the same as deep? I think so. Cause to be raspy, like it's just, I don't know when I hear other women speak in my head, this is what they sound like to me. Like, Hey, like Like, this really high pitched voice and girl, I can't talk like that. And this is my voice. It's so different. Um, And I've had two, two incidences where like, grown women told me that my voice was deep Hmm. when I was in college I used to do student fundraising so I would call alumni and ask them to make gifts to Spelman and this one older lady she had to have been in her 60s or 70s she was like are you using your bedroom voice on me and I was like no and she said your voice sounds like it's after 10 p.m. and you're calling your boyfriend. And I was just like, wow. Well, huh. no, ma'am. I'm not using a voice on you, but I will take your money for Spelman College. <laughs> if, it, if it works, it works. Anyway, <laughs> so back to what you were saying. It is always really cool to hear her deep voice because then I don't feel like I'm alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and we kind of went all over the place, but... I wanted to acknowledge like maybe the reason I'm not as pressed as everyone else is simply because I don't like when things are hyped up. Oh yeah. Me neither. I'm a rebel too. I feel like for me, like the lemon that I would say is the fact that we can't use this song right now to like get ready and go out because I feel like, okay, this song is popping. This is great. What do we do with it? What am I going to do with this? (laughs) What do I like listen to it in my room? Like I want to listen to this and go out. (laughs) So I felt like for me, that's my lemon. Like as soon as I listened to it, I was just like, "Mm -hmm. I can't do anything with it. (laughs) And I feel like it's a good summer song too. So maybe like, it'll be one of the songs that's like played a lot. Like when you go to like brunch or like if you go out or whatever, maybe you'll hear that song a lot in the summer so we can kind of revive it i think people will because it's beyonce yeah and meg and meg yeah okay so that is our strawberries and lemons well one lemon for the savage remix by beyonce and meg the stallion we love y'all we love what y'all are doing um and we appreciate the 2020 summer anthem. We definitely will never forget this year. So shout out to y'all. Yes. All right. And yeah, so we're going to talk about the show Little Fires Everywhere. Thank you very much. <laughs> we didn't discuss that. I just did that on the fly. Thank you very much. So if you guys have not watched the show or haven't heard about it, this show is featuring the two main stars that we all know, Carrie Washington and Reese Witherspoon. Yes. Yes. So basically, this is a show that's on Hulu, and it just kind of goes through just uh, it's set back in like the 90s, and it goes through experiences of two different, like two starkly different families uh, dynamics. Obviously, Reese Witherspoon is of Caucasian descent, if that's even a thing. (laughs) She's white. And Carrie Washington is black. And they're kind of just talking about the different experiences, like the black experience that Carrie uh, Washington's character Mia experiences. And then also what Reese Witherspoon, excuse me, her character, uh, what she experienced just in her life and the different things that she's dealt with. So that's like a brief synopsis because we can get really deep and I don't want to get too deep. Uh, So anyway, so 
I guess we can start like overall, Dana, like how did you feel about the show? Like overall, and I recommend, oh, sorry, Dana, before you start, I recommend that you guys check this show out. It's not super long. Like I said, it is on Hulu. Y'all know Hulu. If you get the one with the ads, it's like $5 a month. Yep. If you already don't have Hulu, hashtag not sponsored, but anyway, not yet. <laughs> it's a good show. <laughs> it's a good show. But anyway, yeah. So Dana, how did you feel about the show? I love the show. So basically, Little Fires Everywhere is actually a book. And they turned it into this mini series on Hulu. Mm-hmm. So again, shout out to Twitter. I'm going to talk about Twitter so much, y'all, because I'm so new and I love it. I feel like I've been missing out. <laughs> so it will, everything will circle back to Twitter for back me. Back to Twitter? Yes. Twitter reference? Yes, always. Um, but everyone on my Twitter was talking about little fires everywhere. So I was like, you know what? Let me go ahead and just check it out. And I really, really liked it. I think they did a really good job, um, showing, you know, two women living in, uh, I don't want to say in the same world because their worlds were vastly different, even though they lived in the same community. So Carrie Washington's character, Mia, she was renting from Reese Witherspoon's character, Elena. Um, and this just shows how, uh, this white woman, she's w- wealthier, higher socioeconomic status. She has her own beautiful home. It was huge. And she also had a rental property that was gifted to her um, by her parents. So you have this additional residual income coming into the family. Mia is apparently a starving artist who moves from place to place. She drives an extremely old car. excuse me, she drives an extremely old car and she has one daughter. So I really enjoyed seeing that contrast. I really enjoyed Mm -hmm. seeing them engage because I feel like Reese's, Reese's, Reese Witherspoon's character was actually trying to be nice, right? Right. But Carrie Washington's character was not here for it. She did not take kindly to it. She always had that same... Carrie Washington look on her face. She basically <laughs> showed no mercy and she did not let up any time she experienced uh, racism. It wasn't overt, but it was very real. Yeah. It felt very real, the awkwardness between them, especially like with Reese Witherspoon, her character. It wasn't like she was trying to come off any type of way, yeah. but for some reason, just the mere fact of just inter And I know Mia, like Carrie Washington's character, Mia was kind of stiff, you know? So I completely get it. She was stiff. But at the same time, it just felt like Reese just kept on trying to like force herself and force herself. And it was just kind of that awkward dynamic. I feel like many people of color have experienced. Even if you're not as stiff as Mia is, you kind of still get that awkwardness because there's kind of like sometimes you can't really relate or I don't know, it's kind of weird. So it, it was very interesting to see that dynamic, how they did it. It was. I agree. And even when I think about Elena, Reese Witherspoon's character, we're just going to stick to like the character's name, Mia Scott yeah. Washington. Reese Witherspoon is Elena. Um, she constantly talked about how her mother was on the board when they integrated the school. Was it the school system or the town that they integrated? I think it was the town, but it may have also been the school. They both sound right. Okay. <laughs> so it was some kind of integration going on and her mother was on the board. Um, she talked about how she marched with Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And it's like Elena was so was trying really hard to show that she was welcoming and she wanted to help. And she couldn't have been a racist because her mom was on the board when uh, they integrated, whether it was the town or the school, whichever one. She couldn't have been racist because she marched with Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. So there's no way that she could possibly be racist. And it's like, sis, we appreciate that, but you're doing too much. Like, you don't have to prove to me that you're not racist. Yeah, and I also feel too, like, not saying that her character, Elena, not saying that Elena is like this, but just because your mom marched and your mom did all of that does not, like, that doesn't automatically reflect on you you can still portray and still put off racist vibes uh you know especially since we're talking about overt racism you can still put that out there so I feel like that's what really bothers me is like when they go all the way back 
you know, and speaking particularly just like about her character, I don't want to seem like I'm bashing, you know, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, going all the way back and saying, oh, well, my great, great grandfather. Okay. And what, what have you done? Okay. Thank you very much. Generations <laughs> like, later, are we still writing on that one act? Right. Right. And I guess I could stop here. I could pause here and say, because I feel like some people will be like, well, black people write on the one fact that slavery happened. And I was just one instance, but it's like, no, 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 no. That's very different because it was over 400 periods of time for generations. Several families had a role in this, like entire economies were built. The Southern economy, all those states in the South, their economy was built off of slavery. So that wasn't one instance. So there's a difference between, oh, my mom helped integrate this small town and my family's general wealth derived from your family being enslaved to mine after I bought you for 400 Mm -hmm. US dollars. So I'm going to get off my soapbox on there. Mm -hmm. Um, So what parts of the show really stood out to you? Ooh, the parts that I, so the one part that really stuck out to me was the fact that they had Mia's daughter, Pearl, really want to be a part of, (laughs) so this is the first thing. So Mia's daughter, Pearl, she really wanted to be a part of Elena's family, you can tell. She really loved their dynamics. She loved the fact that they had a big, beautiful home. They had resources. There was a family, their siblings. So you can tell she really loved the interaction with the family. And it wasn't even like there was a ton of love that was displayed within the family. You can tell the kids would bicker with each other. The parents weren't always on the same page, but I think she just loved the overall look of it. So Mm -hmm. she just always wanted to be a part of it. So I like seeing her over there. And I like seeing the daughter, uh, Lizzie. I believe her name was Lizzie, right? Uh, Lexi. No, sorry. The youngest one. Oh, Izzy. Izzy, there you go. I like seeing Izzy relating more to Mia because she was an artist. They both had the common ground of the fact that, you know, both liking women. Mm -hmm. So it was interesting to see how like one daughter felt like, oh my gosh, like this is perfect. This is the life. While the other one is like, yeah, I got this big house, but my parents suck. I don't really care for my brothers and sisters, my brother and sister. Like I want to be over there. I want to be able to be an artist. I want to be able to be free and just live my life. So I liked that dynamic. Mm -hmm. Uh, The other part that stuck out to me was, oh, we didn't even say, this is a spoiler. (laughs) <laughs> so spoiler alert led with that y'all sorry because <laughs> we're literally giving all of the tea of the show not all of it but a lot of it yeah and the other one that i really wanted us to talk about is the fact that lexi the oldest daughter who was a perfectionist because her well, her mom put that on her that's like you know that feeling on her so she felt like she always just had to be a perfectionist had to always right have everything on point, had to get into an Ivy League college. Like she was seen as like the golden child and she ended up getting pregnant. Girl. And it was interesting that they had her, her boyfriend was black. That was interesting for me as well. And so they, what'd you say? I liked it. I felt that it made it real. Um, And that was another way where the mom was saying, well, if my daughter's dating a black boy if my daughter has a black boyfriend and we welcome him into our home there's right. no way you could think we're racist right like he's eating dinner with us like he can come over she can hang out with him like of course right. we love black people right <laughs> so seeing uh so she got pregnant by uh her boyfriend and ended up going to deciding to get an abortion without speaking to him about it And she did try to talk to her mom about it, but her mom was so obsessed with diving into Mia's life and trying to figure out what's going on and what went on in her past that she missed the opportunity for her daughter to be vulnerable with her. Exactly. Exactly. So she ended up going to get the abortion. And instead of writing her own name, girl, girl. Pearl's name. So when they called the name for, you know, like called Pearl's name (laughs) to go and get the abortion, 
Pearl's looking like, wait, excuse, because Pearl came to support her. Because Pearl, yep. of course, is very nice. You can tell, like, her character is just very nice, very loving. Yep. Uh, and just different things like that. And she came to support her, or I guess to comfort her, I should say. Mm-hmm. And to hear your own name being called out when you're not getting a procedure done. And then out of using all of the names in the world, right. you decide to use my name, like. Isn't that, that's so crazy to me. That's crazy. Like, in your moment of panic, you couldn't think of Jane Doe. You thought of Pearl Warren? A mess. A mess. I was hot. I was hot. And I was more upset that she, okay, so Lexi did end up apologizing in a way to Pearl, talking about, I freaked out. You know, my mom's friend works for the clinic or the hospital. So if she saw my name, I was afraid it would get back to my mom, which is a weird apology, whatever. Right, right. Excuses. Excuses. But at the moment, she didn't apologize to Pearl. She just kind of like, she looked sorry that she got caught. She shrugged and she went in. Baby, let me tell you something. If I was Pearl Warren, I would have, you would have came out and been gone. And I would have snitched to my mom so quick. (laughs) Right. So that just shows how like loving Pearl is because she still stayed there. She still drove her home. I don't think that's loving. I think that's being naive naive well yes because her mother tried to tell her like yeah i'm sorry i'm hot about it even though it wasn't me I'm yes hot. yeah like, How dare you? <laughs> that really made me feel some type of way when i seen that i was just like oh my gosh and i liked how mia decided to kind of get back not get back but kind of check lexi and she was just like you used my daughter's name and then you come up in here in my house because of course she didn't go home she went to mia's house yep. so you come up in my house you know, whatever, and you can't even, like, put a cup away or something, just kind of showing her privilege, kind Mm -hmm. of like, okay, yeah, well, I need to be comforted now, so I need all the attention to be on me, but it's like, no, girl, you still did something that was wrong, right? and we're not checking for you right now, so go to sleep and then go home afterwards. Exactly. I was also upset that Pearl decided to drive her home. I'm still mad about that. I know we moved on, but I'm hot. Like, you're not, (laughs) no, I'm not driving you home. So Pearl drives her to her home. Um, Mia's comforting her, getting her tea, telling her it'll be okay. And that's when Pearl tells her. And Mia still didn't kick her out. Because if I was Mia, I would have tapped her on the shoulder. You know that meme that's going out around right now? Like, if you cough, um, it's a Simpson meme. They tap you on the shoulder and it's like, go ahead and log out for me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'd be like, go ahead and go home. Get out of my house. Right. Um, But I love when Mia checked her because she... Because the first thing Lexi said is, I didn't know who to call. I didn't have anywhere to go. I didn't have anyone to help me. And Mia was like, that's an absolute lie. You have so many people who care and who love you, but you still decided to take advantage of us. And that's proof of privilege. You have no idea what it means to really be alone. You just saw someone. Right, to really have no one to turn mm-hmm. to. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Ag- agreed. 100%. Yeah, that was super dynamic and a great way to just show how, like, people are crazy. (laughs) And, yeah, people can also suck the life out of you, too. Yes. Like, really just suck the life out of you. But, and the last thing that I would say for me, and I don't know if there's anything else that you would want to add afterwards. If not, then I guess we'll go ahead and wrap up this discussion, is the fact I really enjoyed that they decided to switch kind of what our expectations were when it came to the plot developing because we were under the impression I feel like most of us as viewers were under the impression that Mia may have gotten like gotten like sexually abused to get pregnant uh or whatever it may be just because they kept on showing Jesse Williams his character they kept on showing him like kind of staring at her kind of strange in a subway so they kind of gave the it gave us the impression that oh my gosh like she must have gotten hurt or something like that and that's how she got pregnant and you're kind of feeling sorry for her and kind of just kind of championing championing behind her even though like her lifestyle is kind of different cuz she's an artist so she's traveling she's always like going on the move with or moving with her daughter which some people kind of like are like you know that's a lot but because we know what she experienced and you can tell that she really loves her art, we're kind of championing behind her. But come to find out, she was just supposed to be a surrogate. Like, she's a surrogate. Yes. And she stole the people, baby. <laughs> wow. So, okay. Let me first ask you this. 
And it may be a difficult thing for you to answer because you're married and you and Brandon plan to have your own children. Would you ever consider being a surrogate? <laughs> so personally, I don't know. I don't know just because I can understand the bond that you create with the life that's growing in you. Mm -hmm. And it's a big responsibility mm -hmm. to carry life in you. It's a big responsibility. So there's a lot of stuff that goes into that, I feel like. And also, too, just the fact that you're bonding so much with this child. Even if you're not trying to, you're still bonding. The child is eating the food that you're eating. Yep. If you feel some type of way, the baby's going to feel some type of way, like emotions, everything. And then to have to finally get to the birth so you're giving birth and now it's like, thank you so much, Boop. you know? <laughs> yeah. So I feel like I almost wonder if there are any, I wonder how, of course there are, but I wonder how many surrogates are carrying for the first time and the first time that they're carrying a child, they're a surrogate. That was very confusing, but I hope you guys understand. Like, I wonder if it was like how many, cause I feel like maybe if you've had a few children, you kind of know, like, you know what to expect, you know, the feeling, but to have your first baby be a surrogate, like be someone else's child. That's tough. That's tough. That's tough. So I don't even having another, I don't know. I just, I, mm. you don't know. Mm. Well, I know for me, I would not ever want to be a surrogate. I don't care how much money you're offering me. And it's offered like one. Well, right now, the main reason is the way the stretch marks, the way your body changes. And then it's not even for my own child. Yeah. If I'm going to go through all of that, I need to have a full grown adult in 18 years to show for this. Right, right. And I feel like that's why I'm thinking like, maybe if you've already had a child before, if you had a few children before, you kind of know, you know what to expect with your body. You're okay with your body change. Of course, mm -hmm. every baby is different, but you kind of have some expectations on top right. of that too. So right. I feel like for your first one, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know how bad your morning sickness is going to be. You don't know what you're going to go through. And it's like, yeah, I'll do it. It's like, hmm, God himself will have to literally whisper in my ear. <laughs> And tell me that. Because <laughs> otherwise, again, as for me and my household, any baby that comes out of me is for me. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. So let me ask you this. Do you think, considering everything that we saw, the circumstances that she was in, um, do you think Mia was wrong for taking Pearl, telling the parents that she lost the baby and running with Mia or running off with Mia. Do you think she was wrong or can you relate to what she did and you have some sympathy? Of course I have some sympathy for her just because I know she went through a lot of different things, especially around that time. Wow. And I know like, you know, being pregnant, you go through a surge of different emotions, feelings, hormones. So I get it. Right. Mm -hmm. I completely understand where she may have thought that doing that was the best thing to do for her livelihood was for her to be able to bond with this child, especially because, you know, after telling her brother and just everything, there was just so many things that so many different things that happened and for her to experience, you know, deaths around that same time and to be birthing life, I can get it. But I absolutely think she was wrong. Um, yeah. She took those people. She took their their, their money, first of all. <laughs> well, she wrote a letter and said she would pay them back. It never showed that she did pay them back. But looking at her character, I feel like she's the kind of person that would have found a way to pay that money back. Really? I guess. I could also get a vibe of her disappearing off the earth. But maybe that's why they didn't. <laughs> maybe that's why they didn't. I mean, they didn't show that dynamic, right? So they didn't show like the parents really hunting and looking for her. We're just kind of getting her side. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure if they did. And maybe after a while they gave up or they were just like, well, we have our money back and we're just going to, you know, dang, take this L and see if we can find somebody else and keep it moving. But I absolutely think that she was wrong for doing that because I, I can also feel for the parents, you know, right. finally finding someone because one thing is that they wanted their child to look 
like them, right? Right. So finally finding someone who kind of looks like you and she agrees to it and she has a, this is going to come off as off, but a young, fresh body, like ready, <laughs> primed and ready for labor. Right. You know what I mean? Fertile. <laughs> Fertile. <laughs> ready to grab the baby mm-hmm. and give birth. Mm-hmm. So uh, I could see how that's disappointing for them. But yeah, what do you think? Uh, I do think she's wrong for doing that. But I also have compassion simply because like losing her brother, then losing her girlfriend, then, you know, not being able to go to the brother's funeral because your parents are so strict and so religious that they feel no love and compassion. It's like, I definitely understand that. And then, like you said, which I didn't think of before, hormonally, there's a lot going on with your emotions, with your body. So maybe you're not in the most clear headspace. No, I wonder if there was a way where she could have came to them and said, hey, I know you paid me X amount of dollars to carry this baby, but I'm telling you right now that I will not be able to separate from, you know, from this baby. Could we do custody or like something? Because that was still his baby because that was his semen. I know. So... Instead of running, but then it's like, am I just in a fairy tale world where they would have been like, girl, no, that's our baby. We paid you. We don't, you know, because I would have been like, how about I give you back $6,000, half of what you paid me. I get her one week. You get her one week. It'll be like co-parenting. Ooh, I feel like because they didn't agree on that before, that kind of leaves it open for the parents to say no. I mean, you know, like it just leaves it open. So I feel like that rejection because she experienced so much death and she already felt like she was alone because she didn't really have, you know, her parents disowned her, her brother died, her girlfriend died, and she didn't really have many people from what they showed us. Right. So the chance that she can feel some sort of rejection again, if they're like, no, I feel like for her, she was like, okay, I just got to go. I got to do what I got to do for me so I can feel good about myself because I feel like crap. Right. And then I think, like, before her brother passed, when her brother knew she was pregnant, her brother said, like, oh, I just know, I feel like it's a she. I know it's going to be a baby girl. So that made her feel even more like this is my lifeline to my brother kind of thing. Right. So I feel like that made it harder for her. But I was just like, dang, that's messed up, man. A mess. So that just goes to show you that, like, life isn't black and white. There's so much Mm -hmm. play. There's no, there are very few things. Well, no, that's not true. I do think there are a lot of things that are right or wrong, but I just can see how things can get messy without you ever intending for it to become that way. Yes, that is a really good point. That is a really good point. Like your intentions are well Mm -hmm. for yourself. Like you're not trying to come off as that person. You're not trying to be that person, but at the same time too, like Things get messy. You end up changing your mind. You don't want to do something anymore. You're not happy. You are happy. Like, you know, so we're so like feelings led, you know? Yeah. Just as like human beings. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. That's just, I was like, that's a difficult situation to be in. Um, okay. So I know that we said that was the last thing, but I have one more thing I want to discuss. The house being burned down by... That was me trying to clap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the house being burned down by the kids. How did you feel about that? That was another thing that I didn't expect because, again, they made you think that it was going to be Izzy. Izzy who did it at the mm-hmm. end. So that's how they kind of set it up and to find out that the kids did it. And it was, for me, how I felt about it. It's just that it does not matter as parents how much you give to your kid. At the end of the day, they are their own people. And if they feel some type of way about you, they're going to feel some type of way about you. If they feel some type of way about their experiences, if they're very, very led by their feelings and emotions and just like, oh my gosh, I hate everything. Like if they're going to, if they're like that, it's a wrap Yeah. because you think like from the outside looking in, like you guys are good. You guys are good from the outside looking in. Your dad is an attorney. The older sister just got accepted into Yale. The, you know, like everyone just have these things going for them and they look like you know they look so happy you remember the um 
scene where the mom was so set on them wearing tartan. That plaid print. Girl, I just found out that was tartan? the Tartan? Yes. Huh. Okay. Mm-hmm. The plaid print for the Christmas picture. Okay. Yeah. She was so set on everybody wearing it and Izzy didn't want to wear the shoes. And so, you know, it's like you guys are fighting about what to take for Christmas pictures. A lot of people don't even have the resources, the time, the money, whatever. A lot of people aren't even able to take, you know, Christmas photos, things like that. So where was I going with this? Oh, yes, I get where they were coming from. They had to let out their frustration in some way. But to burn down your house? They were also, what I enjoyed as well is that they were also, I mean, of course, burning down your house is terrible. But what I enjoyed is the fact that they championed behind their sister, their little sister. So that's another thing too, that they're like, yo, like they, their eyes, I feel like were open to everything that was going on. And each of them were experiencing their own kind of pain as well. So I was like, you know what? You're going through this. You're going through that. You're going through this. We just found out that Pearl and Mia that we've been obsessed with this whole time, they're gone. Izzy finds out that, you know, her mama don't love her. Her mama ain't never love her. And it's like, you know what? Let's right. just burn this place down, man. And then there they were. I think that's privilege. That's very extreme. That's extreme. <laughs> like, everyone has a time when they can't stand their parents and they're like, I hate it here. Like, they want to run away. You know what I'm saying? I hate it here. <laughs> But to burn, can you imagine no, being in high school, you burn out your mom's house? I cannot. I can't imagine. I cannot. Because I feel some type of way because of something. The house that I'm not paying for, the food I'm not paying for, the cable I'm not paying for, and I'm burning it down because I'm mad. I don't understand that. And I mean, yes, I am not minimizing their experiences. I'm not minimizing, yeah. you know, the hurt that they felt from, you know, their mom and all of that. But there has to be, run away. I, I don't know. But burning down the house? Wild business, man. Wild business. Maybe it's just not my experience. But I'm literally, I was looking at, I was shook. Yeah, girl, it's not your experience. I can't relate. I can't relate at all. Where y'all going to live? They know that their mom's going to figure it out. Because you can tell Reese with, or Elena, excuse me. Elena took the fault for it. She was like, I'm the one that did it because of course, in the back of her mind, she's like, she's, she's the reason that all of this kind of spawned into it. So she took the blame. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's one thing that a lot of mothers will do. Right. Because you realize all of the places where you thought you were being perfect and you thought everything was good, but there were so many gaps, so many things that was, that was missing. You know, you find out that your family's not as perfect as you thought it was. Mm -hmm. She's like, you know what? Dang. I somehow screwed all of you guys up. Wow. And my intention was not to do that. That's where my compassion for her comes from because I genuinely don't believe that was her intention. I genuinely believe like she wants the best for her family. I genuinely believe that she really did want to help Mia. Like even when she extended the offer for Mia to, you know, do work around the house for her, she was, I felt like that was her being, making a genuine offer but that goes to show you like the biases we all have that sometimes we don't even realize. Right. Yeah. Okay. So the big one, one other really big part of the plot as well is the fact that, so we're, of course, the way we're talking about this, it's coming off like Elena just loved Mia and she just really wanted to welcome her into her home and give Mm -hmm. her some opportunities and help her out. But we forgot to mention, or not we forgot to mention, we didn't mention when Elena switched and actually couldn't stand Mia's behind. And that's because Elena had a really good friend, best friend, if if anything, but really good friend who was unable to conceive. Yes. So they showed a dynamic of Elena getting pregnant and pregnant and pregnant. Her friend is just like, oh my gosh, like, wow, she's pregnant again. Like, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. So you can tell that Elena kind of always felt a soft spot for her in that sense. Mm -hmm. So when she heard that her friend was finally going to be able to adopt a child, she really wanted to like rally behind her, support it, everything, because she could tell that she kind of felt bad. Like, Mm -hmm. especially like when you're like just getting pregnant, 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 you're like the last baby, you're like, dang, I don't even want to do this anymore. Right. And then someone who really wants to have a child is like, 
Are you serious? Right. So anyway, so her friend, her best friend, I forgot her name, I'm sorry, but her friend ends up adopting an Asian baby and come to find out the Asian baby's biological mother is Mia's coworker. Girl. So the coworker may no the Mei Ling is the baby's name. Mei Ling is the baby's name. I don't remember the yeah. mom's name. Yeah, I don't remember the mom's name either. But you know, nothing a quick Google search can't fix. Oh, BB. Who who? BB Chow. BB Chow, okay. Mm-hmm. So, so BB ended up giving her child up because she was unable to care for her to the best of her abilities. She was overwhelmed. She was single. She ain't got no money. Mm-hmm. So unfortunately she did have to give her up. The way she gave her up was grimy. She just left her in front of like a police station or fire station. She said she waited for a little bit and no and one then left. Yep. Um, but yeah, so the dynamic between that is that Mia and that was kind of setting up the fact that we found out that Mia was carrying someone else's baby as well is because she really, Mia was champion, championing behind, that's my favorite word, you guys. I, <laughs> I noticed. Championing behind <laughs> BB to get her baby back because she BB was like, you know what? I'm in a better place now. I'm making a few more dollars. She grew up a little bit, so she ain't going to be crying all the time. Right. I'm ready to get her back. <laughs> <laughs> Cause that baby was crying. So she was like, "I'm, ready. I'm ready to get my baby back." But um, so yeah, so that because of that, Elena just did not understand why Mia would be going so hard for someone else who left their baby in front of the police station, right? And they went to court for that and everything. So, Dana, how did you feel? Well, one, what do you think? Do you think BB? is wrong for trying to get her child back? Okay, so no. I do not think BB was wrong for wanting to get Mei Ling back. I definitely, even though I'm not a mom yet, I can understand and empathize. However, I still really empathize with Linda. I still think, I think that was her baby. Linda? Yes. Mm-hmm. That was the adoption wasn't finalized yet. Yes, of course I get that, but I can only imagine what it's like to go, you know, fifteen years, ten years, really trying to have a baby, not ever being able to um, conceive naturally. You finally get a baby that you just feel like this is your child. This is a miracle baby, and then to have it ripped away from you, like that hurts too, right? And I have compassion for BB. I definitely understand poverty. I know that she gave up the baby not because she wanted to, but because she was left with no other choice. But I just, I side with Linda. That is tough. It's, I don't know. It's so yeah, hard. it's really tough. It's really tough. I'm with you on that. I felt the same way. Like, of course, I, you know, sympathize for, um, BB for sure I completely understand especially when you feel especially when you have someone else gassing you up in your ear telling you like (laughs) get your baby back get your baby back you're like you know what I can get her back I can do this you know like Mm -hmm. I can actually do this Mm -hmm. and you know wanting to really get her back but like I really feel for Linda because she technically did everything right Right. she you know can really provide for her and you know she was, you know, setting it up like the um, Mei Ling got used to her. She changed her name as well, which was interesting. I feel for Linda. I, I really do. do. I feel yeah. for both of them, but. I do. I do feel for both of them. And I feel so bad for Bibi. And I would not like to be in that position, but I don't think Linda did anything wrong in this. Um, she didn't. She's the victim. Yeah, I agree. Mei Ling is the victim, of course, because, you know. But here I am again. I'm just like, why can't everybody share this baby? That's more people to love her. Why I can't do like co-parent? And I get that. I, I get that. But I feel like, you know, when you finally like get something that you've been wanting, mm-hmm. whether it's something like, whether it's something small, something big, whatever, but you finally get something that you've been wanting and then to find out, okay, I might have to share and of course, you know, you're a selfless person. So it's like, it's not big, a big, you know, deal, but 
I can see thinking from Linda's perspective, because of course that'll be the perfect medium, right? Mm-hmm. Let's just become whatever. Yeah. But I feel like one, you don't really know this woman. That's true. Uh, she ended up stealing Mei Ling anyway. So <laughs> oh, that was wild. And you know what? I felt bad too because she heard the baby crying. She got up to go get the baby. The husband want to come to her and lay back down. I'm like, baby, your baby getting got. Listen, snatched, okay? <laughs> Stolen. I felt so bad. I felt so bad for her. Yeah, so I feel like for that, like, because you don't know, like, you're you're trying to be protective over the child that, you know, it's like your child and you just don't know what you would get yourself into with the co-parenting. I can see how she could be a little apprehensive, but I agree. I feel like that would have been the perfect medium. Just let the girl know her mama. Right. But right. at the same time, BB wanted her. I don't think BB really wanted to share. Because BB was very like rah rah. BB was just like, I'm going to pull up to your birthday party and I'm going to yell. Okay? Because, bro, that's wildness. Yeah. So BB was kind of rah rah. So I could see how Linda's probably like, you know what? We will probably drop Mei Ling off one of these days and go back and the whole house would have disappeared. BB would have, <laughs> like, it would have made it seem as if she never existed. Like, oh, that's yeah. True. So you never know. You never know. Man, that's another thing I really liked about Little Fires Everywhere. It really forced me to think about real life messy situations that someone, some way, will get hurt. Yeah. And a lot of times I was just like, oh, I don't want to walk the fence, but I just, I don't know. And I think that was something else that really helped the viewer to not like Elena, because even though Elena was genuinely helping out of the goodness of her heart, the attorney that represented BB was able to use it against the family because they had the um, fortune cookies at the party. Yep. Um, And she was just trying to do a little cute, you know, throw a cute little party for her friend, but then it backfired without her everything and it would. Um, Right. When she went to offer BB money to leave and disappear, like she wasn't trying to be mean or nasty about it. She didn't think about it as saying the baby's only worth $10,000. She really was trying to help. And that backfired. Mm -hmm. She can't get a break. Cannot get a break. So she tried to help. She tried to help. She tried to help. It's not working. Sit down. Sit down. <laughs> Sit down. <laughs> and this is the same show that caused me to like slice off my fingerprint. My finger. Oh my gosh. So that goes to show it's really a good movie. And you also should not. Tr- a good show. You shouldn't watch the show and try to cook at the same time because you might yeah. have to wear a bandage for weeks at a time and hope your skin grows back. Oh my God. Which reminds me, do you think I'll get a new fingerprint or the same one? I, you know, I wonder, I feel like because of biology, mm-hmm. your fingerprint is assigned to you. It's a specific one assigned to you. I feel like it's going to grow back as your old fingerprint. Wow. But it would be cool if it grew back as another fingerprint. That would be really cool. I wonder if there's a way to test that because that fingerprint is gone. That's but then wild. I still have skin on the sides. So I feel like mm-hmm. it would have to be the same one in order for like my entire finger to be back to normal. Or I'll yeah. have like two different fingerprints on the same finger. Yeah. And that's too, mm-mm, that's too funky. Your body's going to be like, nope, let me go into the arsenal and put this fingerprint back together. Cause girl, that's too much work for me to make a whole new one. I ain't with it. Girl, I can't believe I sliced the whole thing off. Like the doctor was like, you cut off the epidermis. You cut off the dermis. Like. Ma'am, you didn't want this skin, huh? Too deep into the show. So, guys, yeah, we <laughs> learn from Dana. Do not cook and watch TV at the same time, especially when the show is as good as Little Fires Everywhere. So let's jump into our, you know, conclusion, which is always, as you guys know, revelations. And if you don't know, mm-hmm. we end, like to love, we love to end off our episodes with some revelations. So, Dana, what do you feel? What are you thinking like? What revelations, whether it's Beyonce and Meg stunning on us <laughs> to Little Fires Everywhere? <laughs> um, what do you think? So I got two revelations. The first one, you already said it. Do not use a sharp knife and watch anything at the same time. Focus when mm-hmm. you're in the kitchen. Fair. Fair. Um, especially because I knew I was using like one of those big chopper knives because I was chopping a raw 
sweet potato. So I honestly, that was not smart. So that's my first revelation. This won't ever happen again. Hopefully. <laughs> Lord, please let this happen again. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, please. Um, and then I would say the second revelation from our discussion today, from watching little fires everywhere is life is messy and everyone deserves compassion because even if you don't agree with someone's um, decisions, even if you don't, um, you can't relate to how they're feeling or their emotions on something, we all have had such different experiences that life is just hard and um, there's no manual to it. Mm -hmm. This is especially enlightening for me because I'm a type A person. I'm very black and white. I think in straight lines, but this really opened my eyes to like, life is hard. There's so much gray. Things get messy. Things change. Emotions forces, you know, the outcome of what you originally wanted to change and that um, it's okay. You just kind of have to learn to go with the flow. You have to learn to adjust and to have compassion with other people because even if you would do something completely different, you don't know what key moment they experienced in life to help them get to where they are, to help them get to the conclusion they arrived at. That was a lot of ranting to simply say, show more compassion and be more compassionate because even if someone tells you their life story, you won't ever get it since you didn't live it yourself. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, I can say for me, the revelation, well, one of the revelations I got was the fact that we just need to be more aware yeah. of our individual privileges and be more taking, yeah. you know, one of the words you use, compassionate towards others who may not be able to. And that's not only privileges in terms of like white and black, but also yeah. those who can conceive, those who cannot. Uh, you know, those who are financially fortunate, those who are not. So just really being compassionate to others and really trying to understand other people's stories and understanding where your privileges are. Yep. I feel like, I don't know how else to like really explain, but that was one thing that stuck out to me is that they really went in depth with like the different privileges and the different experiences that people have based yep. on their privilege and how even if you're not trying to, how that can hurt someone else. Yes, because we all have privileges and it may be mm -hmm. a benefit to us, but mm -hmm. that's a good point, Michelle. It can hurt someone else. Yep. Wow. That gives me something to think about because it's like, well, should I care? I'm just kidding. Of course you should care. Everybody is sensitive about different things and you don't, you may not know what that person is sensitive to, but as long as you are aware and you're like, you know what? I know that this can trigger someone or this can do this to someone. Let me just kind of think this through before I say this or before I, you know, whatever right. it may be. Right. Uh, I was, I would say that can really help people out. All righty. I think that was a good way to close out. We did a lot of ranting today. Girl, ranting. <laughs> okay. Big ranting. Big rantings. Um, but we hope that you found some revelation for yourself um, in this episode. Um, during this time, I feel like the best way to close out is to stay safe, stay healthy, wash your hands, social distance, please, please. And, um, <laughs> be sure to follow us on Instagram, rantsandrevelations.tv and share this episode with someone. All right. Checking out. We'll catch you guys on the next episode of Rants and Revelations.